Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fry Radio, episode 381 for November, November 19th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adrian Michaud. And I'm Trevor. Who the Hello. hell are you? Uh, <laughs> what have you done? I'm the Where studious have you been? one. I've been studying. My assignments are due on Thursdays. That's the problem. So, so why are you waiting until the end of the week? What do you mean? Why you am have- I waiting? I don't decide when my assignments are due, Kelly. They're... Do into uh, they're due on you know Thursday. So what Tuesday? The work Thursday. Typically the readings. Well, the readings are out there. The assignment is published on Tuesday. You've got until Thursday to hand it in. On this particular week, we had a bonus lecture last night on top of everything else, and so yeah. So there's no way it would be done. I would definitely have to miss the show to do my homework tonight, 100% without any excuses like procrastination. <laughs> um, but since Mike was on and uh, we rescheduled Mike once already, I don't care if my homework's not done. I'm here tonight. If you don't like it, normally someone would say, if you don't like it, I can leave. But I'm No, not. you're not allowed to leave. So I will say, if you don't like it, you can leave. Okay. I got to go ahead. Goodbye. (laughs) There's no way I'm getting this assignment done, regardless. I don't like it, so I don't want to do it. All right. Well, we're happy to see you here because we missed you. It's good to be seen. Yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah. Now I'm the captain from True Crime Garage. That's his catchphrase. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Anyway. um, why don't we get yeah. on with the show and then you can go and do your assignment. I ain't doing my assignment. My assignment's dumb. It's not going to get done. Okay. Awesome. I'm boycotting this one. Narrative therapy. Tell me a story. Whatever. That's exactly what it is. Tell me a story. It's one time at band camp. Only if it has therapeutic value. <laughs> this one time at band camp. Oh, dude, I'm going to start it with that. <laughs> Excellent. I'm All way right. too behaved. Yeah, you are. You're not drinking. You're drinking, it looks like, non-alcoholic beverage. What the heck is that? Strawberry Perrier. Why? Half strawberry Actually, I really really enjoy Perrier, so I'm not saying, but usually you're drinking something alcoholic. Didn't do my homework, can't get drunk. I'll have an edible later before bed. Okay, good for you. All right, why don't we get into what we did in guns this week? What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier a firearm retailer. Right now, they have the G19 Gen 4s uh, in MOS configuration for 899 Who put this in? That means you can yeah. put a red dot on top. That's what that means. That's yeah, it's got the plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes with the threaded barrel that's extended because it's a 19. It doesn't have suppressor sights, which is nice, but it does have the MOS plate. Yep. So you can go and drop a red dot right on there. Captain Andy, I don't know if the follow if uh you're following Captain Andy on Instagram or not. Um I don't know if he posted on Instagram. 
Anyway, he's a gunsmith, right? Mm-hmm. And he just put a um, Trigicon on a Glock 19 and did a bunch of cool cuts on the slide and stuff. Very baller. Out of control balling. Very baller? Very baller. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go to the Calgary Shooting Center. Tell them we sent you. By the way, isn't it um, also Thanksgiving weekend in the U.S. and also not my circus, not my monkeys? Don't no, Thursday. I'm saying Thursday, that there are Black Friday sales here in Canada. So maybe you should racist check that man. <laughs> That's Kelly, though. I'm yeah, in, I'm a, I know. Look at me. I'm in, I'm in liberal arts education now, man. Like, oh god, shut up! I'm all triggering me. Okay. Yeah. Can we do jazz hands, please? Okay, no, speaking no. of triggers, Trevor, why don't you tell us what you did in guns this week? I helped my barber get a gun for the wall. So he wants to get his license and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. But my barber decorates his shop with Spider-Man comics, MREs, Make America Great, Make uh, Trudeau a Drama Teacher Again. He is very... Is he American? No, 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 no. He's just very conservative. Okay. Super cool guy. His name is Chubby, and uh, <laughs> he's a, he's not Chubby, but that's his nickname. Of course it is. Yeah, you can follow him on Instagram, too. Like, he's the best barber I've ever seen. He's amazing. What's his, what's his IM handle? Uh, probably Chubby. Okay. Probably Chubby, yeah. All right. And, um, yeah, so I brought him over a bunch of military stuff, some ammo cans and some... Um, dummy rounds on some links for a belt fed and a couple other things, you know, some, some stuff I can hang on the wall. But anyway, I was like, you need a DWAT in here. You know, what's a DWAT? So you need a deactivated firearm that you can actually display on the wall. So oh, when my haircut was done, I got on the phone with Denis at DC Armory and I'm like, dude, you got any like just complete write-offs, like something in the back that somebody dropped off and said, here, use it for a parts gun or whatever, man. You got something that's just toast but would still look good as a decoration. So he's like, yeah. So he came up with this phenomenal price, including the work to de- deactivate it. Like, I do mean phenomenal. So, uh, so that's, for you? that's happening. Right? For, for you. For you. And- for you, my very good friend. <laughs> um <laughs> And then the annual Christmas match at the Atlantic Marksmanship Association indoor range. Are you going? Of course. It's like in another province. He's in the bubble. It's fine. I know, but still. They can do whatever they want to. They can have orgies and go swimming. (laughs) Just do anything they want to. It's fine. Only with your single family couple home bubble thing. I don't know. Really? It's an indoor match, too. So how many people are going? I don't know. I'm judgy, judgy right now. I'm just kidding. Totally. You know what? If you want to be the COVID police, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right? Put your mask on and choke on it. So, um, yeah, it's the annual Christmas match. And, yeah, I'll be going to the captain's house. The triumphant okay. return of the Frelate. There will be cigars. There will be whiskey. There will be hot tubs. There will be... Uh, Why aren't we allowed to go? Oh, yeah, COVID. <laughs> You're not in the bubble, bitch. You keep your COVID in Ontario. Us Atlantic Canadians, we got this shit under control by keeping you you no. people. Riffraff. You riffraff. Oh, what are you talking about, riffraff? You have 500 new cases today in your city alone. Yeah. We had, my over, entire we had over 1,000 hey, hey, in hey, the hey, province. Hey, hey. Yeah. Ontario is close to 2,000 each day. So you know what? You all suck. 
you know what? This whole thing is ridiculous. Imagine it's so deadly, you need to get a test to find out if you have it or the flu. Yeah, but you know what? Flu cases are down like a Dude. lot. Okay, you say that. <laughs> But in New Brunswick, since March, twice as many people died of influenza yeah. as COVID. Yeah, well, we haven't had hardly any so flu that means cases eight. out here. Eight people died of the flu and four people died of COVID. We're not making light of this, by the way. We I am. It's but a joke. We're, we're not making light of this, but we kind of talked about you on the last show, but the fact that you're in like zone five, which is the orange zone, and you have like orange for weeks. two cases. like, And like <laughs> here in Ontario, it's just like, meh. And then Alberta, it's kind of like, man. I know, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> super, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, we got 1,100 new cases yesterday in, 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 a, in a province with a lot less population than Ontario. And right. Like, yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. That's good. Good for you guys. Let it burn through the population. It's either that or a meteorite. Let it go, man. Just just start licking doorknobs. Let's go. Mm, I got to go that far. <laughs> so it won't, like, be, it won't be long before we have a vaccine. Yeah. You're going to take soon. it? As yeah. Mike was saying. You're going to take it? Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> so Kurt, kill a lot of false positives. When I go visit them. <laughs> That's oh, what I don't, don't want. I met, your, I met your parents. COVID's afraid of your parents. All right. Yeah. So why don't we get back to what anyway. we were talking about? So you're doing a. Oh, you I, wanted did an to, AT- I wanted to. A- I wanted to tell the whole uh, Zone Five Orange story. Did I send you guys a picture of my last race? No. So at the first race, the first indoor race, Camelton was in orange. So I moved to Bathurst. My plan was to drive to work every day from Bathurst to Dalhousie so I could stay out of Camelton in case we did go red, then I would miss the race, right? Yeah. So I grabbed my shit and I moved to Bathurst. And the day of the race, I put up a my famous meme, oh my God, oh my God, it's race day. And <laughs> one of the other racers in the province he started chiming in about, wait a second, I thought Trevor was from Camelton. Why is Trevor going to this race and this, that, and the other thing, right? Oh, you're you making friends again. I'm making friends everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. And so... Some of the places uh, you don't even go. I know. Just find right? you online, making friends. So open up our um, Slamfire Radio Facebook chat, and you'll see how I was dressed for the race. And if you want to post that, Adriel, feel free. So the second race, that's how I showed up. For okay, the listeners, in a hazmat suit. I'm in a hazmat suit with a full-on gas mask. Yeah, yeah. How do you like me now? I love trolling the nerds. I do. I really do. Okay, so there's you in your hazmat suit. By the way, you need a bigger one. <laughs> there's a guy beside you who's standing really close to you, who is wearing a mask, and then right beside him is a guy with nothing on. Like, well, okay, he has clothes on, but he doesn't have a mask or anything. Yeah, so. but he's obviously three and a half feet away, so. Yeah. It's supposed to be two meters, six feet. I don't know. I don't have any cases down there. Who cares? There's no, there's no COVID down there. All right. right. Anyways. So, okay. So anyway. you're going to the AMA. Yeah, going to the Christmas match. That's the only thing I did was I applied for my ATT for the Christmas match. Okay. And the CFO in New Brunswick is awesome, and they were very helpful, correct? I got a form email that said, uh, give us two weeks. Really? Yeah, pretty standard now. I thought you were on like a first name basis, like with the CFO. I am CFO doesn't issue the ATTs. They do the um, they got minions for that. Mm -hmm. Okay, why two weeks? Why does it take two weeks to like? Yes, actually, we checked your records. No, no, it won't take two weeks to get. It won't take two weeks to get my ATT. I'll probably have my ATT tomorrow or Monday. It's just. 
calm your tits if we don't answer you in 24 hours. Yeah. Like it's one of those things like, you know, they get yeah. too many, too many assholes bother them. So now they have to answer emails that way. That's all. It wasn't like that for years. I would love to have you all those people just... be unemployed and just use a website for this where I just punch in my pal number and the registration yeah. certificate number for the pistol and where I'm going to go. And it's like, you're approved because they we, can run it we run your background check every night and you haven't done anything weird yet. So One, uh, I don't, I don't go believe that, but two, I don't want them unemployed. I want them differently employed. But yeah, yes, sure. COVID has taught yeah. us you that. My God, the world can function online. So, you know what they can do? They can actually go out and, you know, be minister natural resources people that watch for poachers. Yeah. <laughs> Divert those that. funds. Yep. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor, I think we we're talking about something, and now we're talking about making people unemployed and uh, what they're going to do afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> get a point I, to this. Or I don't know. Maybe you didn't. Uh, maybe I uh, had a point. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, Hunger Games Zone 5. Absolutely. Mm. May, the, may the odds be ever in your favor. Whoever said that just got on my credit card list. Or my credit card list? My Christmas card list. <laughs> uh, list of people who need to pay my credit card. You're on it. All right. That's hilarious. Hunger uh, Games. In case you forgot, Kelly, you're the lead host. You can move oh, us along anytime. Sorry. Usually at this point, you say, I'm done. And then you say, Adriel, what have you done in Guns This oh. Week? Hey, Adriel. Uh-huh. Skip over Kelly. Tell us what you did in guns this week. <laughs> uh, let's see. I went to the range on Saturday or Sunday. Sweet. I can't remember which one. I went to the range on one of those days. Uh, so why don't you just say I went to the range this weekend? I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think I'm I rehearsed gonna... this? Do you think I like? I, like, I, I Hi guys, wrote everybody. my script. I like. I practiced it. And I'm like, oh, I've just broke under pressure as soon as Way like, to the go. show started. Way yeah. to go. Yeah. The I went pressure. to the range anyways. Uh, shot my six wife Creed more just to make like double sure it was on and to check what the drop was at at distance and make sure that matched up with Streelock and it did. So and then he realized cool. through it was better. Mm, no, that didn't come up. No, that didn't happen. That know. didn't. No, no never no. occurred to you. Oh yeah. No, first first shot hits on everything from two to six hundred. So uh, uh, nope, nope. Can you can use that one? <laughs> I think I'm going to use that one. I don't know. I uh, use the six five Creedmoor and then shoot my deer at fourteen yards like I did two years ago. Well, so I'm going to bring the six five Creedmoor to where there's a long shot, so to where I can get out to six hundred. Uh, and if then I need shoot to. one as soon as you get out of the truck on the way. Maybe, but uh, I've all, I'm also bringing my M1. I, I don't know if I'm going to do both. I've got I got to pick a close range gun because there's another spot that I can go. That's it's only going to be close range. I don't really want to lug like a 12 pound rifle with a six to 24 scope on it. Uh, so my choices are M1 Garand with uh, in 308 with uh, mm -hmm. five round clips, or uh, or maybe like a, a GR carbine with uh, with nine millimeter hollow points and. Uh, post that up on Instagram and you're, after it's, you're just doing that just to piss people off that's what you're doing yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like i got some i got some hollow points now in alberta you can only hunt with five round mags so i've modified this magazine so it'll only hold five thank you for anybody so, who's listening uh, from the rcmp thank you yeah yeah awesome that's okay. easy to do um yeah. and yeah i mean that'll do it right nine millimeter hollow point it will close you could use it on a moose in new brunswick i hear 
I would, yeah, actually, yes. Mm-hmm. I would, um, I'd feel better with a, a 10 millimeter, but, because mm-hmm. uh, you used to be able to get five rounds in the mag. Just, just double tap. <laughs> double tap. <laughs> you used to be able to get the um, Thuron Defense in 10 mil. Mm-hmm. And I know that people have smoked a deer from 20 yards out of tree stand with Ecotex and, uh, and it's worked. I believe it'll work with a nine millimeter. Well, yeah, it'll out. work with a nine mil. It's a deer. It's not a rhinoceros. Yeah. You ever look at the anatomy of a deer? They're small animals. A big same deer thing as a person. Yeah. Same thing as a person puts, put around through the heart and lungs. Not that I've shot a lot of people, right. but put no, a but through the heart and lungs and it'll thing. do it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So yeah, I'll think about that. I mean, that thing, that thing was accurate 50 yards. It's like it's group and nice tight group with, uh, with those hollow points. So, the accuracies there. Uh, I'm doing a video on flashlights on little flashlights because I kind of like, so I've, I've tried a couple different things when I've gone hunting. I've tried doing like a medium sized flashlight and I've also tried like really little like pocket flashlights. And I kind of like the idea for just how compact they are. I don't mm-hmm. like carrying around like a real big bulky flashlight. So I've been testing out like a whole bunch of these little guys here. Itty bitty uh, ones. What's that? Testing out the itty bitty ones. Yeah. Yeah, like your key, like a, a keychain style flashlight, just to see what would last in terms of like uh, longevity, which which has the um, uh, light quality because the light quality does diff- vary a, a bit between them, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm working on that. Uh, Trevor, you let me know that my article was featured in a in a very prominent uh, way. It was uh, it was in the You're RCMP welcome. report on uh, <laughs> on the Nova Scotia <laughs> shooter. So apparently, what? they watch us. <laughs> Yeah. So can you talk about which article that was, please? It was on top non-restricted black arm, black firearms in Canada. Right. So the top 20. Mm -hmm. It was top 10 until I expanded it. Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously there's the demand. mm -hmm. Well, there was just more available. Yeah. yeah. And then once you click on the link now, what's on the, what's there? Uh, I just got a paragraph that just says like, basically I didn't want to leave any more ammo for the liberals to like find more guns to ban. So I like took it down in sometime, sometime last year. Can't remember. So it's been, but it's been mentioned that this is something that the person, and I'm going to say the person, because I'm Mm -hmm. anyways, uh, was researching uh, prior to the, uh, the event that's happened on April the 19th. So he went to the website. Yeah. I like, it was, it was kind of, uh, uh, weird to, to hear my, uh, website mentioned that in that capacity, I don't really care because he like he used illegal guns anyways. He drove over right. the border and like grabbed some guns from the states or something like that. He doesn't. He, had, he didn't have a pal, so I don't care that he was looking at what non non restricted firearms they were out there. But he was also looking at other websites too. Come on, so come on, let's let's yeah, be real. Of course, but the reality is, people are reading this and now. They're going to actually go and visit your website. Maybe. Yeah, well, actually, they are Look. because when you like the day you guys mentioned that, I went and looked at my analytics. I was like, "Oh, that's the top page right now." <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, have you checked your analytics to see how much traffic they brought you? No, uh, not traffic. I want. I don't want any no. of that traffic. No. <laughs> those, those aren't those aren't earnest searchers. Those are people and who are who are looking you, for like what kind of weird stuff is this guy looking up? Any publicity right. is good publicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so, that was neat. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of neat. Uh, and then um, I was so I, I was on Reddit uh, on the hunting subreddit, and I saw someone from Saskatchewan mention like, "Hey, I just went hunting. 
uh, COVID, not COVID, I keep saying COVID, CWD positive, chronic wasting disease positive. I'm like, oh, man, I guess that is starting to become like more of a thing. Like you read a lot about it in, in states and how bad it is and that kind of thing. Uh, and I went and looked in in Alberta and the places where I hunt. I'm like, I wonder if there's any cases in, in the uh, wildlife management unit, the WMU where I hunt. There's a ton of them. There's a whole ton of, really? of CWD cases okay. there. And I was looking at the chart on uh, on how often they've been positive because the area hunt is, has been mandatory for a while. So mandi- like you chop the deer's head off, you go dump it in a freezer with a card attached to it on where you got it, and they let you know if it's, uh, if it's positive or not. I've never got a positive uh, response. But apparently that rate of positivity has been growing 50% every year. So it was 2% and then it was 3% and then it was 6% and 8% and 12%. And like right now, the uh, the mule deer positivity rate is like 20%. In the Why year. do you think that is? It's just really, it's spreading really fast. It's, okay. it's because spreading faster it, was, than it, was COVID. Man- it was mandatory to, uh, uh, it was mandatory to test before. Uh, so that, that variable has been fixed. The only thing that's changed is how often they're positive and it's, mm. it's really cranking up. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was, uh, it was just really interesting. And like part, like when, when I was reading about it, um, it's, it's a lot, it's affecting the mule deer population a lot more, uh, in the areas where I hunt. Uh, they're right around 20%. The white tail are around 4% positivity rate. Um, and then I realized like, oh, wait a minute. I got mule deer, deer tags this year. My buddy got mule tag, got draws. My dad got draws. Like this, like every, every all the people I know are getting draws from mule deer. Uh, so I, part of me is wondering, like, oh, are they are they using this to help control the population and keep things Maybe. light? Because uh, if this becomes a real problem when there's the population's too dense. There's too many deer. They're all around each other. They're all passing the mad deer disease around to each other and passing and and then spreading it all over the place. Right. So. I hope that's what's happening. I hope they do that uh, for a longer period of time because uh, I would rather eradicate all the deer for three years and have no COVID, uh, no CWD, <laughs> no than, no deer COVID, yeah, no deer COVID, <laughs> than have uh, than have this slowly sp- like spread through the whole province, and then now we're stuck in a position where you go hunting and it's like, well, you might get a CWD deer, and then you got to throw all your meat out and yeah. cough titties, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's no. No cooking it well. There's no nothing. So, so they had to take like I can't remember if it was Alberta. They test or every province, deer, like Adriel. Like I drop this, my head in off these and I wait. Areas in the in the in the eastern areas of Alberta. Okay, that that's uh, the case. You chop the head off, you dump the head off, and you wait for a response. And you shouldn't eat the meat. Um, they've like they've said primarily it's in the spine and the brain and that kind of thing. But if you get it, if you catch it. They get you get uh, the the distinction of having a disease named after you, and you and you die. <laughs> so uh, I'm not super keen on it's like Lou uh, Garrett, right? <laughs> Lou Garrett. What did he die of? Lou Garrett's disease. How the fuck did he not see that coming? There's no Trevor Furlong disease. Like, what? Yes. <laughs> oh, but let me tell you, what is is going to be good? Yeah, that's going to be a gooder. So yeah, it's it's. Um, uh, I didn't realize how fast it was spreading. Like 50% growth every year is huge. That's that's an exponential growth rate that we're yeah. seeing out here. 
Um, and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that we can get it under control. I hope that the hunters are able to help with conservation. I hope the conservationists take some drastic measures early as well, because I don't I don't want it to end up like like it like it looks like it's doing right now. Yeah. Mike H just said Mike H said that he's got his um, mule deer tag as well. So yep. it's every, uh, you you get a tag oh, and you I'm, get a tag and you get a tag. It's like Oprah. Okay, go. What? The WMU he mentioned, I'm hunting around that area. <laughs> and he said it's so bad there shooting them from helicopters. Well, I don't okay. have a helicopter, but I'll be down there. I'll be doing my part to uh, try to keep them under control. And, and Adriel, there's no way of telling just by looking at the deer, it has to be tested. Uh, with a really bad case, you might be able to tell. You might be uh, able yeah. to tell with a really bad case, but with a, an early on case, not really. I mean, deer's deer don't last that long, right? They don't last for like decades. Four years. So, yeah. yeah. So like if, if, for, if the disease is really bad and it kills them in two or three years, you might not, you might not ever notice. You'll notice if you get it because <laughs> you only get two or three years left. But uh, yeah, you might not with the deer. Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at with that. And then, uh, oh, there, I'm going to mention it later, but there was a, a Killer Seiko ammo sale. So I ordered some and I didn't even, I don't need it, but I ordered it because it was like really cheap. I also ordered some 12 gauge buckshot also because it was really cheap and not because I needed it at all because I never use buckshot. I'm hunting with a shotgun. Maybe I'll use it for coyotes. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And buckshot's one of those things that you should have, you know, 25 rounds on hand. Just... I've never gone hunting with buckshot. I've shot it before just yeah, for like same here. fun. I've, shot it I've never done anything else with it. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, that's it. I've, oh, uh, this weekend I'm going to go hunting. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to go, going to go hunting. Have fun. And, uh, Fill your boots. Uh, yeah. Shoot some CWD deer. Fill your tags. Yeah. yeah. And not eat the do not eat the deer. Don't get the mad cow disease, Adriel. Yeah. Chronic waste. Yeah, I think I think it's called uh don't get Adriel Michaud disease. <laughs> no, don't Renamed. get the gallon disease. Oh god. All right. <laughs> that that's how the deer got it from gallon. <laughs> they renamed it and stuff, but really it's yeah. the gallon. Oh, okay. That's what I've been up to. How about you, Kelly? Okay, so last weekend was our Gunny Girl Calendar Executive Admin Team Getaway Weekend. It was fantastic. So that means what a fancy word for pajama party, pillow fight, wine. Exactly, <laughs> box wine. <laughs> yeah, box wine. Box wine. We ha- so we brought wine on. Of course you did. Friday, and we had to go get more on Saturday because we ran out. <laughs> 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 oh man everyone's surprised well, so and we had half of kelly's pickup truck full of wood and we got through it in the weekend too so we had we had big bonfires we were drinking wine and we had such a great weekend to decompress so as i said so it was the executive weekend so it was tracy uh wilson uh tamara yeah and it was also the two kelly's so we uh we rented at a uh a cottage and just had a really, really good time. We went for a hike on a mountain, and then we also talked shit about people, and <laughs> that's about it. That's what we do, right? And drink wine. No, we didn't talk shit about people. We made plans. Anyways, um, K 
calendar, Gunny Girl calendar is actually in the store now. So if you want to get a copy of it, you can go to the CCFR website and uh, purchase it. And if you do purchase it, what you're doing is you're putting money back into the women's program because it's a sponsored calendar. All the money that uh, we raise, it's a fundraiser. So all the money that we do raise, all 100% goes back into the women's programs. And we can actually sponsor events across the country and get more women into shooting. So go and buy a calendar. That being said, all of my co-hosts will be getting a calendar this year because you know what? You have the best co-host ever. Because you're the best. Yes, that's right. And I appreciate getting it every time. You're welcome. Okay. And uh, one other side note with respect to that. Uh, Some people have been trying to register the calendar and the calendar numbers that are on the back of it. You do get a unique code. And yes, each calendar is a raffle ticket. But you're not able to register it until January 1st. And the reason is because the people who have the 2020 calendar still have a valid calendar for up until December. And therefore, Uh, they are eligible for the draws, right? So January 1 is when we start the new draws for the 2021 calendar. So you can register on uh, January 1st or any time after that. So just, you know, wait until then. The other thing that we actually were able to do is we were able to arrange some signings for our Gunny Girls. And we're going to be doing a trip down to uh, London area. So December 5th, we're going to be going to Select Shooting Supplies. And we're also going to be going to uh, Bullseye North. And then on December 12th, we're going to be going to SFRC, SFRC, and we're going to be doing a signing there. So if you actually have a calendar, come and see us at those places, and you can have our Gunny Girls sign it, or you can purchase calendars. We'll have them available on at those locations, and you can actually purchase a calendar there and have them sign it as well. It's Wednesday night. Wednesday night, skeet night. Guess what? It was a no-go. The high house was not working. Uh, so because we have to shoot under the lights, there's only one uh, There's only one section that actually has lights. So the high house was not working. So instead of shooting skeet, Kelly and I went for coffee instead. So next oh, week. That's unfortunate. Yeah, next week we're, we're going to go shoot. shoot instead. Yeah, so they actually did fix it. I got We got emails about it and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, so they fixed the high house. They let us know that. But there was also stuff about the election. So I voted in the AGM election. We're doing it electronically. I was able to do that today. And that's about it. And I was talking to people about people. People were sending me stuff about ammo, 28 gauge. Thanks for looking out for me, by the way, everybody, and sending me all that stuff. And then also for Adriel as well. So I, yeah, anyways. Lots of deals happening. And that's about it. Uh, let's talk about upcoming events. Upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively with Firearms Vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, website e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Check them out at telosalpha.com. And we don't have any upcoming events, but if you do have an upcoming event, let us know and we'll actually chat about it during There's, this section you could you could go to like a chaz three gun match we got one of them oh. coming up in december what date it's gonna be cold uh yes. december 5th maybe okay that's a saturday yeah that sounds right yeah december okay. 5th yeah. how do people register for it how much does it cost practice score it's 40 bucks it's gonna be lots okay. of prizes it's gonna be worth it there's not gonna be a lot of people showing up because it's december um, and it's cold. And it's cold. So you'll be able to register late if you need to, like week of kind of a thing. 
and uh, and the prizes are going to be really good. Excellent. So go and actually do that if you're in Alberta. But other people, if you want us to talk about your events, send them to us. All right. Let's talk about the news. Donations. These are the donations for the CCFR uh, challenge, legal challenge. Brooks and District Fish and Games Association, they donated $1,000. Buffalo Target Shooters Association, one of my favorite clubs, is $5,000. Fantastic. Uh, the Green Hill Gun Club, also $1,000. Maple Leaf Marksman Rifle and a Revolver Club, $400. And Chinook Country Shooters Club was $3,000. Fantastic. Awesome. Really good. If you actually make a donation to the CCFR Legal Challenge, tell us about it. We'll give you a little bit of a shout out. News. Anything in the news? I put this in here, but you already talked about this, Adriel. So anything else? Did I? I was mentioning an article. Yeah. You were mentioned. The hunting gear guy was mentioned in an article. Mm -hmm. You're to blame, by the way. I'm now putting it all on you. Okay. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) I got to think like... uh, like the cops would have went to that site and now like now I'm on now I'm in some like report and I'm on some other list now. Yeah, you're <laughs> on a list. list. Yeah. You just went to <laughs> I was probably name. already on that list. I'm yeah. on it again. I'm yeah. Yeah. And right under it is your bio. Slamfire Radio, <laughs> Project Maple Seed. I'm going <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But anyways. Just wait till they launch the Mr. Big operation on you. <laughs> Damn. I don't know what that is. Is that like some Sex in the City thing or? Mm, no. Okay, the fact that you know that is a reference to Sex in the City is just a little like frightening. Awesome. I'm redeemed for drinking Perrier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Anyways, let's move on. It's black. Sorry, Bolt. It's been 13 seconds since I fumbled my words. Quick, let's move on so I can do it again. (laughs) Okay. A Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire is now the brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches, and quite honestly, some of the best coffee that you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to boltaction.com and use the discount code SLAMFIRE. Anyways, go and drink some It's really good stuff. All right. New gun stuff. Hey, Adriel, time to wake up. Huh? You're up. Huh? Come up. You're up. Uh, stalls just got their attack Wan stalls. Wan stalls. Yeah, no, I you said it correctly, but I heard Wan. Wan. Wan stalls. Wan stalls just got their taxol shipment in. So if you're looking for some Gucci 1022 stuff, which some people in our chat are, uh, they've got it. Um, and what else do we got here? Oh yeah. So Seiko, Hey, you want to talk about Seiko? Sacco? Sacco ammo. You can get $20 off a box right now. So if you look and, and Seiko has some ammo that's right around the 30, $32 a box mark. Mm-hmm. So you can get that ammo for pretty darn cheap. So I ordered, I can't remember if I ordered a bunch of 308 or 65 grade more. I forgot already because I don't need either. But uh, I ordered it anyways because it was cheap. And that rebate is good. $20 off. That's a good rebate. So uh, definitely look at that. And then the other one that I noticed that is also a really good deal is Wolverine has the Optics Ready Shadow 2s for $1,119. So $1,120. That's a good price. 
Yeah, it That's is a good price for a uh, an optics ready uh, shadow. So, uh, yeah. if you were waiting to buy a shadow too, the thing is, like with CZ, they do map pricing, which means like they kind of like enforce their pricing all across their different vendors. So this is yep. probably the pricing we're going to see from other places. But I would definitely, if you've been considering getting a shadow too, good price. Now's probably the time to get it. It's not yeah. like it's going to get it's. It'll jack the price back up after uh, after Black Friday here. Mm. Um, Black Friday is not this weekend. It's the one after. Uh, so still hey. wait and watch for deals there. Huh? Yeah, maybe we should go and do Black Friday sale and just talk Next about week. all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah, we'll we'll put that on the docket. We'll write down all the deals and what we think people should get. But right now, uh, that Seiko ammo rebate is killer, and that Shadow Two for eleven nineteen is also a very both killer really deal. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would get one, but I already have a Shadow 2. I don't need another one. No, you don't. No. Okay. All right, let's get into the main topic. All right, everybody, it's time for our main topic. And for this week, we have back to Slam Fire Radio, Honorable Mike Holland, Minister of Natural Resources and Energy for the province of New Brunswick. Mike, welcome back to Slam Fire. Great to be back. Great to be back. Love it. It's good to have you back. I appreciate um, how accessible you make yourself to you, the constituents in New Brunswick, uh, hunters, anglers, schmoes, podcasters, you know, not everybody can, can uh, it's a feather in our cap to have someone holding the position that you have come out and slum it with us for an hour or so to uh, answer our questions. And Anytime. These are these are the people I love hanging around with. Right, I have, and this I have to go to work with a uh, with, with a bunch of suits, yep. just to do the things that make it better for us when we hit the woods. That's the way I justify it. That's a good justification. I had a student tell me on the way out today. He says, "You'll be happy tomorrow. We won't be here." Sedano, you misunderstand. You guys, the kids, are the best part of my day. Tomorrow, I'm stuck hanging out with a bunch of boring adults. Like that's going to be boring and lame. So I, I got into teaching not for adults, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so Mike, what I'd like to do is um, you finished your first term and then were reelected. When was the election? The election was not all that long ago. Uh, no, it was uh, uh, September 14th. September 14th. There you go. Yeah. So uh, you were reelected and congratulations yeah. again on that. Let's talk about what you accomplished in your first term. Yeah. And your goals for the second term. So let's go back. We <laughs> talked about at the time you were here, the first go around, you had already accomplished quite a few things. And, and we're talking about stuff that got absolutely no media attention because it didn't yeah. fit any kind of narrative, but was really important for the future of the province. Um, so you accomplished some stuff already, but let's go back. Let's revisit all. Tell us what you got, what you got done leading up to the last time you were here or just within the last your first mandate. What, what, what goals did you uh, set out to accomplish and what did you get done? Well, when we, when we came on board, it was 2018. So it was only two years. Uh, I was made the minister in November of 2018. And then of course we hit the election in September of 2020. So right, you know, we didn't even get in a full term no, before, no. before an election was called because COVID and stuff. No, COVID, COVID well, between COVID and a variety of different factors, it was really about, a year and eight months, but but we, we packed a lot into it. And part of that was when I hit the ground in 18, I had a pretty good gauge of what I wanted to do. And so we were able to pick off a, a whole lot of low-hanging fruit. Um, our moose hunting draw 
had some flaws in it. We were able to refine that a little bit to make it more equitable and fair. Uh, keep refining, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, man. I read some of the comments around that, and it just makes my head hurt. But anyway, carry well, on. But, and the thing is, is that I wanted to eliminate any inequity. And yep. when we, and I mean, I, I've been in New Brunswick or applying for that moose license for most of my life. And, and, and when you've got everybody and their dog applying and getting Grammy and, and your, your grandniece to apply and everybody in between, you know what, that, that it's a lottery. So that less yep. the odds for and the you, legitimate hunter. So you really did clean that up. There would be people <laughs> yep. that were not eligible to hunt, but were eligible to apply. And then yep. if they got drawn, then there was a big scramble to all of a sudden be eligible to hunt. And sometimes they didn't follow through. And that was a license that I could have had. Yep. So no more getting everybody in your dog. It was like Joe Biden voters, man. People that were dead were applying for moose license. <laughs> well, and, and, and now if this year, if we hadn't cleaned that up this year with COVID having a drastic uh, effect on um, the ability to do hunter safety courses, there would have been a lot of people left in the lurch, wouldn't have been able to get the training that they needed to get their license. So there would have been legitimate license holders that would not have uh, had a chance for the draw because the ones that didn't have the hunter safety up front wouldn't have got it done. And so a hunting opportunity would have been lost. So, mm -hmm. you know, in hindsight, it was, it was a smart move. It reduced about 5,400 people from the, the license pool. And then we also did something to double the applications or the ballots in the draw for the people that have been applying for more than 20 years. We now have a success rate of over 95% for anybody that's been applying for over 20 years in the province. So it, it, room for improvement? Absolutely. Everything I'm doing is with the eye towards continuous improvement, but it had been so long since outdated regulations or rules, or whatever the case may be. Nothing uh, has been looked at for decades, no, Mike. You're the first no. one to come in and shake the tree. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we'll pick up the fruit that falls after we shake it and then look at what else we may need to do. But that was a good good first step. Uh, we, did a, we had a major uh, um, boost by expanding sunny hunting throughout the entire fall season. Uh, from Well, from the Sunday after Thanksgiving until December 31st, we opened up. Uh, the Sundays, we'd only had three open prior to that, but now all of those Sundays are open until the end of the calendar year. Um, we had tell the deer season. So go ahead. Tell us about some of the debate that happened in the legislature. Well, it was an interesting time because uh -huh. you see, there's so much misinformation and uh, uneducated folks when it comes to that. And, and it's not their fault. But for example, I mean, we had concerns that what if what if Christmas what if uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday, and I said, well, right now there are six other days a week that Christmas is going to fall on, and it is legal to hunt already, right? As that you know, just just think this through, folks, a little yeah. bit. And and the other thing is, you right say it's now, not their fault, but. If I'm going to stand up in the legislature and make an argument against something, I educate myself on the topic. I would not because otherwise I'll be picked apart too easily, <laughs> for like they were. But anyway, yep. and then and I mean the other thing was uh, um, for ten years prior, the three Sundays of deer season were already open for hunting anyway. So um, that's that was a big game season in the fall, and uh, the most part of this expansion allows our waterfowl hunters and our small game hunters. The opportunity, you know, where 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 a guy or a gal that works 
uh, five or sometimes six days a week can now take their kids out or gets a chance to go for a walk in the woods or set up the, the duck blind on that day. And, and, and the truth of the matter is for the 10 years that we had the three Sundays, there was not injury or incident. So at the end of the day, there were a number of concerns but we did a pretty good job disassembling all of them. And, and, and we stood by the fact that, uh, you know, responsible, legal and ethical hunters are who we are promoting here in this province. And as a result, you know, in the event that there's anybody that breaks the law, I don't care what day of the week it is, we're going to go after them. Right. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it gave me an opportunity to stand on my own soapbox and discuss how we are raising the bar about what it means to be a hunter. And it's not somebody half drunk shooting out the window after dark. That's the stereotype. But the truth of the matter is we're conservationalists and we are going to work towards uh, efforts that see more animals born than die, actually. And and this is just one more opportunity. And there's still 40 uh, Sundays in the calendar year that those that don't want to share the woods with hunters still can't. Uh, and when you looked at it in light of the common sense and and, and the actual small piece of the calendar, that that takes up, um, you know, it, 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 it went ahead. Uh, I, I'm quite pleased with it. And we had a great season. I can't tell you the amount of pictures I would get on Sunday from somebody with their kids first partridge, you know, or, you know, I couldn't get in and I finally got this deer on a Sunday or, or whatever the case may be, man, I'll tell you, makes me feel pretty good. My first uh, deer was, um, very early on in the nuisance tag program and yeah. the first Sunday we were allowed to hunt was when I yeah. tagged my first year. First person I showed it to was Rod. I drove straight over. And said, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, what, yeah. look what I got. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, it's great. You want to remember to tag it? I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of tagging, uh, we did a, a phone COVID uh, inspired it, but it had been something that I wanted to get piloted but we did a phone in bear registration this year for the spring black bear. And that went incredibly well. And we're going to now take that and expand it so that ultimately we'll move into an online registration system for big game animals. I mean, Nova uh, Scotia is doing online, yep, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Yep. They are. And I mean, it's 2020. It makes too much sense. It's 2020. I right. Mean, you can do everything in the world from this. Why not have the ability to, to register your animal? Wow. So, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, Ottawa is listening and they'll allow us to renew our firearms license like adults online as well. Like so you know many what? things. You're, you're, you're so right when you talk about that, because now I'm, I'm kind of bleeding into some of the stuff we want to do, but uh, I want to turn all of our big game registration into online. We're working on that now. COVID proved that it can be done. Um, the numbers the, you know, there's concerns about poaching and not reporting, but the truth of the matter is I've been out in the woods a million times and where do I go to register? Um, it, it, you know, um, or, or, you know, maybe I want, maybe it's hot and I want to get this thing quartered up or whatever the case may be. So, it, you know, it's, it, it's moving in the right direction. And the other thing is this is, this is of course technical and beyond my understanding, but I want to take our outdoors cards. They have magnetic strips on the back of them. They're easily impregnable with all of our information and instead of running around with a pocket full of this or a pocket full of that, it is 2020 and it's time Swipe to the card. These are the licenses you have. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, so, so I guess that goes into the, to the things that we have targeted. Um, we eliminated the fee for minors hunting licenses. 
uh, which is see Sunday hunting, miners hunting licenses. It's all about creating more real estate to bring that next generation in into the woods and our hunting heritage. Uh, I just welcomed a grandson a few days ago. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no, I know everybody thinks that yeah, you're way too young to have a grandkid, but the truth of the matter is the he came and I've talked for years about the generation that's to come and hasn't been born yet. And when you're sitting there looking at this little baby, I'm thinking, this is exactly who I've been talking about. You know, this is, this is that next generation. And so I really am inspired now to keep this moving because in my own family, I now have that next generation. And, and, and if, if I can see that history shows that, that this work created an opportunity that he's going to benefit from it, so be it. May, it might not hurt that his middle name is Hunter. Uh, I lobbied <laughs> for his first name, but I got stuck with second name. That's okay. Oh, wow. uh, so we got rid of the miners' hunting licenses. Uh, we opened up 77 new lakes for ice fishing. Um, and then did something else as well. When you buy your fishing license... Uh, in New Brunswick, you had to buy a fishing license, but then in the, in, the, in the winter, you'd have to buy an ice fishing license. So we eliminated that. For the same price, you get your fishing license and you get your ice fishing license included with that. So you buy one license all year long. I'm hoping that'll bring more people out. I started an ice fishing days where we were doing free ice fishing, no re license required. Uh, and then I just rolled it into the ice fishing license becomes part of your license. And we just opened up 70 some new lakes. So I'm looking forward to this winter, seeing what kind of an impact that's going to have. Um, and then the biggest wasn't a thing when I was growing up. No, no. And, and, and at the end of the day, if we create one more opportunity, somebody puts down a smartphone and grabs a, a, an ice auger or a, a trigger stick or whatever the case may be, I, you know, that's, I think we're doing our job. But the biggest thing that we did was we introduced um, we introduced the initiative to double the, the uh, protected and conserved area in the province of New Brunswick. See, forestry is under my mandate. Uh, I always say I'm responsible to save the trees and to cut the trees. So that puts you in a weird spot sometimes because, you, you know, you've got to create a balance. And I've always said that for years, forestry in New Brunswick focused heavily on the cutting of the tree side. Um, and, and, and I mean, it's an industry in New Brunswick that employs over 20,000 people and that creates almost $2 billion in GDP. It's very valuable to the province of New Brunswick, but I always felt like conservation and forestry initiatives can all live under the same roof. We just have to find balance. And so I was very proud of being able to take and, and double the conservation area in the province of New Brunswick. Now, there was a lot of people involved in that. Uh, our federal government uh, was a was a huge benefit to that because they had a program involved. I guess it landed on my desk, and I could have mothballed it or went with it. And I said, "Make this happen," because it's the equivalent of nineteen funding national parks that we're going to be putting into conservation space here in the province. It's the largest conservation initiative that we've ever done in the province. To give you a little bit of context, anybody that's been around New Brunswick for a while knows that uh, six, seven years ago, um, we did we, we we entered into some forestry agreements that reduced our protected areas by five uh, percent. I don't like seeing the number going in the opposite direction, 
what this is going to do is it's going to bring us from the 23% of conservation area, not to the 28% that that it was, but we're going to hit 30%. For the first time ever, we're moving conserved and protected areas up beyond levels that they've been uh, in a long, long time. Uh, we're doing it with the right partners too. The conservation partners, our First Nations, we're doing it with people that know what good conserved and protected land should be, not just land that's not good for forestry. And, and as a result, we're going to get connected habitat. <clears throat> and, and, you know, when we do this, what is the reason why wildlife populations decline? They Lack don't habitat. have they don't have habitat. Yeah. Have, you you can't habitat. go in, cut down all the hardwood, spray the area so that no hardwood grows back and expect deer to flourish in your problem. No, no food, no. no deer. It's no the reason so why I, like this, our deer numbers are dwindling and mostly found on private property where Irvings and others can't cut. But now, now, uh, and this is going to be rolled out and we're continuing to, COVID slowed us down a little bit, but we, we kept working through it. And throughout 2021, we're going to be announcing hundreds of thousands of hectares, not acres, hectares of, of provincial footprint that is going to be put into class two protected natural areas, which allows us to hunt and, and recreate and hike and enjoy it. But that's a lot of food back in the fridge mm-hmm. for our wildlife mm-hmm. and it offsets the fact that you know we have a forestry industry and we do cut trees but what i'm doing is i'm taking the smallest possible area and 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 getting the, the most amount of wood out of it for the forestry company and then reclaiming what we're dealing with as far as the rest of the land base and we're going to be dealing with over 85 percent of the land base of crown that we can use for diverse methods other than simply plantation forestry 85 percent and and to give you some i guess tangible numbers on that for every 50 hectares that are cut uh 40 000 of them will grow back naturally regenerate in that browse that creates that um habitat cover and food mm-hmm. so uh and, and then so so now what i'm going to do is that's a pretty significant initiative i can't take the credit for that, I'm just the guy that said make it happen. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very pleased that there are a number of partners that are working on that. But I did go to my department and say, okay, now we're doing something historic here. I do not want uh, just to hear what our deer numbers are every year. I want you to look at all of this land that we're putting into conservation. And I now want you to calculate that based on this new and naturally regenerating forest landscape what the deer populations will be in one year five years and 20 years and the reason why i'm doing that is so that they're held accountable to work with our conservation partners to actually know what our 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 deer deer well i say deer but the the tide rises all boats it's gonna it's gonna affect wildlife populations everywhere and i want to know what those numbers are and then that way, I have a benchmark to hold them accountable to say, why didn't we hit that level of growth? And that's the key right there. And that is the first time ever in the history of the Department of Natural Resources that they have had targets for wildlife growth. I can't believe that, but it's true. So now we're going to go ahead and the department staff, instead of just preparing reports about the state of what we have, they're going to have a, a, a target for where it needs to yeah. go. 
Yeah. And then they're going to have to be held accountable. There isn't another government department that doesn't have growth targets. So what's our resource? You know, wildlife. Um, we got growth targets on forestry and how much trees we're growing to cut. I need the same thing for the wildlife that's growing in, in the province of New Brunswick. And it's just one more measure of bringing accountability to the department. And the cool thing was, is that the staff love it. Oh, yeah. Love sure. it. You know, this is why they went to school to become a biologist, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're being empowered to go and put this together in tangible reports so we can track where we are and correct it if we're, if we're off, off track anyway. So, um, that, uh, so that, that was something that we did are doing and will continue to do in the mandate um, and, uh, in the forestry vein as well. <clears throat> I, like I said, I want to see our forest. Uh, used for a diverse mix of, of uses. We've got maple sugaries. We've got um, outdoor experiences. We do have hunting. We do have fishing. This conservation land is going to also target sensitive waterways. Uh, I'm going to use that to build up these cold water pools that, that are so crucial to the successful uh, health of, of our salmonoid populations. Uh, I'm going I'm to use this conservation land to evaluate buffer zones. Um, right now we've got arbitrary buffer zones, 30 meters. Now maybe, maybe 30 meters works, but it may need to be 300. It may need to be 200 or 500. So we're going to use, um, conservation and environmental data to say, based on the health of this river system or, uh, the habitat, because, you know, in, 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 in grouse or ground nesters, that riparian habitat that moves up into the larger stuff, that's buffer zone stuff. So mm. where do we need to build that? And, and I'm, glad, we- I'm glad you brought up buffer zone. Just reminded me, um, I, I, you may, may have, may remember, um, that I'm the vice president of the rescue gun club. It's one of the largest yeah. clubs that we have in the province. There's a forestry company that next year, the year that we're hosting the Canadian Nationals for IPSC shooting, is going to be cutting all the wood around the club right up to the property line. No buffer. Going to come right onto our line. Now, I would suggest, now this is a one-off situation, but I'm telling people all over the province, if you experience something like that, bring that issue to my attention. Um, and that's a lot of work and I get a lot of requests on that and some we can fix some we can't, but we need to address that and say, we would like to continue to have that cover for a variety of different reasons. It could be habitat or it could be viewscapes or it could be a variety of different things, I but mean, it's, it's an operating range. Like we'd like to keep as much wind off of it as possible. So a little bit of buffer of trees plus, I mean, you know, the way are you, our ranges are not templated like the federal. We have our own range safety standard in New Brunswick. There are danger ranges, no danger ranges. We're a, a no danger range. Our berms are higher and the angles are different because no round is theoretically supposed to ever leave the property. Yes. Now, that's when people are doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Someone decides to shoot at an angle other than directly at the backstop because they're sitting here and they place their target there and one of us isn't there to catch them. These people exist on all ranges across across country. You know, and he lobs one off the property. There aren't even any trees anymore to stop it, right? Like no. no. 
Well, not to mention the fact that these are run by volunteers for the most part. They're the, the, uh, like the money that we spend at our fishing game dinners or our draws and our raffles, those are volunteer run. This is hard earned money that goes into maintaining these ranges. And if you take away the wind block, uh, those berms wind up degrading over time and they have to be repaired because you have to meet the standards. Yep. And, and we're taking money out of hardworking volunteers' pockets when we do it. So yeah, you that's, can't, a, that's a, yeah. You can't that's leave a buffer around, really. You need to cut every tree right up to the line. Come on. No, and 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 that's something else that I'm trying to embark upon a, 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 a an education and uh, an educational tour. Um, I actually, uh, when I took the job in 20, uh, I got a no, not when I took the job, but I got a vehicle in 2019, and. I now have 97,000 kilometers on it. <laughs> yeah. Because I was touring the province. And sure, I was yeah. going to fishing game clubs and I was going to groups and I was sitting there talking and just basically no agenda, just what do you want to know? Yeah. And so, and so we talked a lot and, and a lot of times there's forestry and how it operates is, is confusing to a lot of folks. Um, and, and, and somebody told me one time, forestry is not rocket science. It's a lot more complex. And the truth of the matter is there's a lot of education that we need. And I need to explain to people what our forestry agreements are and how they were put in place and they're binding contract, binding agreements. So uh, I have to work now to within that framework, ensure that those agreements are met, but we balance it with, with an eye towards conservation. And it's not an easy job, but I'll tell you when you do that and, and with this conservation work, when you see a 700 hectare piece of land or a 500 acre piece of land and it's just in a key spot and it's going to connect two other pieces of habitat and you can now say that's protected. It's like, that's the stuff that's going to mm-hmm. yield results. You know what? Not tomorrow. And, no, no, and, but. And you're, and you're not going to go shoot a Boone and Crockett deer from there next year or, or five years from now. But like I said, we're, we're building a, a vision for the future on, on our, on our, on our land. And I think that we can be, uh, I think that we can, we can, we're on the right path with that. Um, so what COVID of course complicates that, but I, I, this is a great opportunity as well to be able to do that and talk about things and answer questions and be transparent about it so that we can, we can make sure that our community is educated and, and, and equipped and ready to help me because everybody that joins this and, and I can point back, to everybody that becomes an obstacle to, to, to me. And I'm not talking to anybody in particular, but you know, when I'm trying to do something and it's just Mike doing it, well, that's fine. But when I can point over my shoulder and say, I am representing this fraternity or sorority of camo and I'm not alone. That helps. That helps a heck of a lot. So that's oh, absolutely. But like, that's why I love coming on stuff like this. So, so we're going to continue on that work. I'm really, really happy that I got put back in the position because I can take off where, where we left off. And so all of those other initiatives are going to continue. I do have a bill that I'm going to put forward. That's going to go in and clean up a ton of outdated rules and regulations. Um, I am looking at stuff like by looking, when I say I'm looking at it, I am literally looking at it and, uh, I haven't, there's nothing, it's not a done deal or anything like that, but I'm looking at stuff like the ability to sit in my tree stand um, and have my hunter orange hung behind me instead of wearing it 
or adding in blaze orange uh, camo so that it breaks up my shape. You know, just just, you know, stuff that we talk about at the camp. All of yeah, those, yeah, yeah, stuff that the other places have been doing for two decades. Yep. Nothing was changed here because no one, there was no minister put in the position who had any interest or knowledge or desire to change. So that's good. Yep. Um, uh, continuing with the simplified harvest regulations on calibers. Yeah, um, I'm just going to ask you about that. I, I, I'm not sure where we were with that. We probably talked about it last time. Like, you know, I can shoot a moose with any center fire caliber according to our current regulations even all the way down to a 22 hornet that's technically on paper legal but during coyote season i can't shoot one with a 308 yeah or a 243 or a 2506 right right so so that's that's a regulation that i'm looking at now i mean i don't know if i would grab a 300 wind mag and go out shooting groundhogs but, but if you wanted to you should be able to <laughs> be able to the other thing is that is that it will allow Wait, me now, you know what now i want to you just <laughs> now i really, i've shot a lot of groundhogs with a lot of different things but man i bet one comes apart nice with a 300 wind mag i bet you it does but huh. once again it's i want to remove barriers i want to remove restrictions and i believe and i always had believed that that the vast majority of our community is legal and responsible and ethical. I don't feel like I need to create a nanny state and, 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 and watch over everything that they do. And the ones that aren't Mike are already doing whatever the hell they want anyway. So any change you make is not going to suddenly turn a bunch of people into assholes. Rules don't That's not how it works. Rules don't aren't followed by rule breakers. Bottom like yeah, it's like expecting to ban my AR-15 is going to have some effect on crime in Toronto. Well, we'll talk about that as well. Um, <laughs> I, in my last mandate, I had written a letter to uh, Minister Bill Blair. Um, it would be easy for me to say, well, that's federal, I'm provincial. So I can't do anything about it. And technically, I can't. But I have a voice. Mm -hmm. And and I have to let the legal responsible firearm community in New Brunswick know. Did you I get a reply? Like, uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. Which See, is, which is, you which can't is even get a reply. Like I sent my letters off and it's supposed to be mandated that if you write your MP and you write the, you're going to get a reply. Well, but the good news is by not getting a reply, it will inspire me and then allow me to do a follow-up letter indicating that I haven't heard about this and I am going to continue to reach out until I do hear about it. Now I'm respectful, of course, and, and I understand as a legislator that things are certainly complex, but I talked about this in its base elements and forms that, that I, as well as everybody in my community, will throw the book at a criminal without hesitation, but I'm very reticent to make Criminals. My community criminals. Yeah, exactly. Thank so, you. Yeah. No. So so that's that's I can carry that through. Now he went through an election as well, so I'm gonna be able to to uh, the dust is settled there, so I'm gonna follow that up as well. Uh, I also got the Minister of Public Safety for New Brunswick to write a letter as well. I was fortunate to have that published within the media of New Brunswick. So our, our position became very clear. We do have a provincially regulated CFO. So there's other provinces that are looking to do that. We already do have that. Yeah. So, we uh, When people were in other provinces were talking about this, I'm like, 
way to catch up to New Brunswick, guys. Like, imagine, and that is so much discrepancy in how the Firearms Act is administered from province to province. Federal law let the provinces take care of it, so they do their own thing, right? I think, and I've spoken to municipalities and say, don't download this handgun ban on us. That's not our job. Yeah, right. No, uh, handguns are regulated by the federal government, and they're already banned. If you don't have a license, you're banned. So why am yeah. I banning something that's banned? That should be the absolute no. end of the conversation. No, and so we 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 uh, we've taken the approach that um, common sense should prevail, and and so I, I mean I've been clear with my position on that, and I'll reiterate it as many times as I have to. Uh, as it relates to public safety, though, and our chief fire, firearms officer. Um, uh, I have a relationship uh, at that level and my offices work with them. I really enjoy having that provincial connection because in the event that somebody's having issues with their pal or confusion about mm-hmm. uh, the process or where something's at, then I have a contact that we can reach out to and they've been yeah. really good. Oh, no. Our CFO is amazing. Yeah. And most yep. of the staff there, everybody I've yes. dealt with is good. Like, our, but the CFO herself is is it's about time that she's got the job. I basically uh, no. the impression I have is she's done nothing but train the last half dozen anyway. <laughs> so now she's been there forever. Just give her the job, right? I'm very pleased with that, and I'm also very pleased to report that I I I don't manage our conservation officers, which is a little weird. I'm the minister of natural resources, but they're conservation under public safety now are yeah. under public safety. Basically anybody in New Brunswick that carries a badge and a gun will be under public safety. So they're, they're peace officers and not, uh, not reporting to or responsible to me. But I, but I began early on after getting elected the first time to, to, they might report to somebody else, but I need them accountable to the protection of my resources. And so we've built a pretty good relationship between the minister, former minister of public safety and the current minister of public safety, as well as uh, folks within the, the civil service there. Um, and I, I, I've told them, I said, well, you know, I first started saying, I want my Rangers back in DNR, but then I realized they've got a system there and that's fine. I, so I said, well, I don't care what department they're in. I want them in the woods. Okay. That's what I want. No. And and so we only have uh, a limited amount of them. Mm. Uh, it's a, it, but uh, I am proud of the fact that I've hounded and, and, and howled enough that we've just added 13 more COs to New Brunswick, and we're looking to add more. And like half of our you know, ranger stations in the yeah. province closed. Like you drive yeah. by, they were all built the same. So you reckon, just like looking at a oh, yeah. close post office, you recognize a DNR building. And it's like, oh, that one's being repurposed. That one's like completely abandoned. That one's repurposed. That cutback was when? That was that was less than oh. twenty years, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say, not well, it wouldn't be fifteen years ago. But I remember yeah. when it all took place. I know we lost ours in Albert County, and uh, it it you know that that presence needs to be there. And so I've worked with public safety, and and they're very responsive to that. They 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 appreciate it, and and they've gotten creative. And like I said, we put thirteen more bodies in the woods in 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 the last few months and And so it may not sound much but for a province this size that's pretty darn good really to get 13 more doing that job yeah give you a little context we had 77 so we just added you know almost 20 percent 
mm-hmm. an increase, and we're still looking for more. And I also want to work, and I was talking with the Wildlife Federation and some other groups to try to create not an auxiliary type program because I don't want just regular folks in the woods trying to stop people from poaching because that that could be dangerous. I just don't want that. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to wear sending anybody out as a civilian into a situation where they could get hurt. But something simple like uh, DNR magnetic signs on your truck. So when you haul in somewhere to go partridge hunt or you drive up and down a road while you're hunting, just put the signs on. And I'll tell you what, if somebody's going to go in and try to pull a bunch of trout out of a brook and they see a car park there with DNR signs on it, hopefully they'll think twice, right? Because they may still go in and they may know it's not a DNR vehicle, but they'll realize that person there, pretty good chance that they're going to say something or, you know, just, 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 just something that puts more eyes out there. So uh, we're trying to get creative on that. We have a limited budget, but you know, I, I know that we have an army of outdoors people that are opposed to poachers. And if we can figure out a way to engage and, and enact them when we're out doing our just day to day hunting and fishing and enjoying it. And if, and if those that are there to break the law have something to trigger them to realize that, no, I see Mike's truck. Well, he's on team anti-poacher. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go somewhere else. And that might mean he goes somewhere else and poaches. But if they if, if they have to hit six or seven spots before they find the spot, maybe they'll go home. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I just want to see the resource protected and, and, and get creative with the limited budget that we have. Because just because we don't have unlimited resources doesn't mean we can't use our head and come up yeah. with some good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so... With that, and then uh, I don't know if it's the last thing. I hopefully have a lot more things to, to work on than that, but um, our good old uh, turkey hunt. There we go. So, I was going to, if you didn't bring it up, I was going to tell <laughs> us about turkeys. Where are we at? Well, I'm going to tell you a story. The other day, or shortly after the election, I'm also the energy minister. So I was on a Zoom call like this with the high commissioner from Britain to Canada. This is, this was a lady that regularly meets with, and it was commissioned by Queen Elizabeth. So, hey, you know what? I'm a hillbilly from Miramichi. Kind of cool. I'm sitting with her. We're talking about energy stuff. Uh, and then she finished the call by saying, I have another question for Minister Holland. And she said, I see here that you're the founder of the Canadian Wild Turkey Federation. Can you tell me more about that? So, <laughs> This call just got long. <laughs> hey, I thought, you know what? For if I accomplish good things over the course of my career, no matter what what things we do that are recognized well, I am always going to be known as the turkey man. So I don't know whether I should take that as a badge of honor or whatnot, but uh, it's been I've been at this for a long time, uh, long before being elected. And just to give you a little history, in twenty in twenty oh eight, I was with the National Wild Turkey Federation. They left somewhere around 2011 or 12. So myself and, and a couple of gentlemen formed the Canadian Wild Turkey Federation. I had David Allward, when he was the premier, announce a hunt in September of 2014. He announced a hunt for the spring of 2015. Well, a month later, he lost the election. Boom, that all got washed out. Fast forward till 2018, I get elected, put in the job. Well, what do you think I was talking about? Turkey hunting. So... I had it set for a, a spring season in 2020. What happens? COVID. COVID. 
and we were ready to go. But the draw system, uh, all hands on deck, everybody went home with COVID. And our IT departments and whatnot weren't functioning, so we couldn't get the draw up and running. But by jumpins, if I am breathing oxygen and standing on this side of the grass on in 2021, uh, the spring of 2021 in May, we're gonna we're gonna launch the first inaugural uh, turkey management hunt in New Brunswick. So that's take that to the bank. We um, have your word on it. It's you it's, got my word. On it. Yeah, it's now since part about, of. Well, you had my word on it since about 2000. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you'll be you're the guy though it's gonna happen and you're gonna be the guy to bring a turkey season in new brunswick no we have we absolutely are so i we got that coming um that was something i just thought about uh like, like I, I seriously have a list as long as my arm of, oh, sure. of things that that, that we want to that we want to get done and that we want to do i'm I also, not done with turkeys though oh go ahead oh Go ahead, then. We'll talk about turkeys. I'm okay, so I'm looking for some details. Will it be uh, an application by zone, by your tag? Um, are you only going to be able to take, uh, like, a gobbler? What's what's yeah. the, what, Okay, how's that going to work? We're going to use the exact same model that Maine embarked upon in 1984 when they started. It was a draw. Uh, in in this in this situation, I don't know what the what the zones are um, by number off the top of my head, but it's Charlotte County, Carlton County, um, up in like Victoria County. So uh, either potato belt or Bible belt. Yep. And in through, uh, <laughs> now the turkey belt. Turkey belt in through Minto and Chipman as well. There's a significant population there. So whatever those zones are, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Sure, sure. But you'll, you'll apply for the draw. Um, 400 tags and uh, we feel like the population I mean it's it's significant and growing continually I said this a decade ago I said stick your head in the sand and do nothing about this this is not going away and now we have situation where in some cases we're dealing with nuisance situations you know they're pecking their reflection in your car paint or you know pooping on your deck or uh, you know, agriculture has some concerns about crops and stuff like that. So, so we're targeting the areas where the populations need to be thinned, and uh, the draw will be for the spring. It's going to be a two-week season, I think, um, two or three. We haven't landed a hundred percent yet, um, but that's what I'm thinking. And it'll be um, bearded, uh, bearded bird only. The reason why I say that is because some hens, uh, like, you know, you get some antler does, you'll also have some bearded hens. Mm -hmm. So you have to see a visible beard in order to be able to harvest the, the bird. And, Archery? Uh, yeah, 100%. Good luck, okay. though. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it's You want to make <laughs> – how do you make something that's already incredibly hard harder? Yeah. yeah do it with a bow. Yeah. Oh, I drugged the bow out a few times and then just said, you know, we're heading, we're heading to 12-gauge-ville here for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. and then they've still made me look like a fool with a 12-gauge sitting there. So, so and, and, and this will help. Uh, it'll disperse them from these uh, more concentrated urban areas. You know, they, they haven't had hunting pressure in New Brunswick. Mm, so, that's right, you know, yeah. A few shots fired over the tail feathers, and you're going to see them get very wary and, and kind of spread out and get away from these areas where they're causing a problem. And let me tell you, harvest one, uh, hooked you're 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 hooked it becomes i did it as a bucket list and it became an obsession i've traveled all over hunting them myself and then the other thing it represents is that if we can manage it and develop it and grow this 
All right. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, imagine, imagine a spring combo turkey bear hunt. Yeah, there man, is, the, the outfitters are going to be just loving it. Well, there's not like that's unique to North America. I mean, we could be at, in Vegas at the SCI convention selling something that you can't get anywhere else, right? You're starting to talk into thousands of, of dollars that people are. Oh, for paying, sure. Yeah. Right? Which we already me- have a ton of american hunters coming for black bear well we did yeah well never yeah and that's, i asked and my doctor i asked my doctor how long covid was going to last he said what am i a politician i don't know <laughs> hey listen i sit in those rooms too and it gets frustrating um but uh, we did i we you know there's there's talk about vaccines being available within 100 days so yeah you first pal you well, get one well, let I- me know all about it COVID, I think COVID. I think it needs to be in the uh, co- I, zone five over there, Trevor. And yeah, you got to put it where it's high risk. Hey, yeah, high risk. risk. Oh, no. Moncton is orange today, not <laughs> Camelton. But I noticed they're in new orange. There's <laughs> Camelton orange and there's Moncton orange. You're orange, but everything's <laughs> open. Well, so, today I think I I I live in zone one. So okay. I, like, what's going on here? Because you know there was no. <laughs> Excuse me. There was no um, um, the hospitals don't have anybody. Like, there's nobody in hospital, and and the transmissions were traceable. So it's like, what's the orange? But what happened in our zone was that if the cases double in a certain period of days, that's a trigger. Right. To go back. So Triggers although right. although it's very much under control, that triggered the need to go back to orange. But it's a modified orange where you know life will still go on so um but uh but when it comes to the outfitters they were dealt catastrophic blows and 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 i've got um well like the turkey like if we could do if we can evolve a turkey hunt bear hunt but one of the things that that we're doing is well actually i don't think i can say it because it's just working us through the system there now but i take those on another time well i'd love to (laughs) I'd actually love to do an outfitter segment because I am planning on being able to come out with a plan that addresses some of the cash flow, cash flow shortfalls that they're going to have. The outfitting business, my good God, Ottawa shoveled money at a window like there was no tomorrow. And, and we, yeah. we need to make investments. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. But I am saying that our outfitting and guide business fell through those cracks. And it's a legitimate business that's a part of our economy in New Brunswick. It's 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 a billion dollar piece of the Canadian GDP, and I'm looking to make it a massive part of the of the New Brunswick GDP. And they and they fell through the cracks and they're at risk. So knowing that we as a province don't have an unlimited bag of money, um, we are no, very. We fit- can only piss away so much of Alberta's money. Oh, listen, uh, you know what? we could have a whole economic. <laughs> Another uh, time, yeah. Another time, but the truth of the matter is, somebody's got to pay the bill, and 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 we have taken the approach when we came into government in 2018, we needed to be fiscally responsible, and 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 that's a tenant of who we are. It's a piece of our DNA. So I am not going to shovel money in a window. But back again, nothing stopped me from using our head, and we've come up with some very creative means to be able to 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 directly or indirectly feed uh, cash flow benefits to the outfitter segment and i'm bound by some stuff it's got to go through systems and post yep, and all sure. that no problem but, uh, if there's outfitters and guides that are there um this is something that's kept me up at night but i think we are circling the runway for some solutions because it doesn't look good 
um, in the near future for that American border to open up. And our bear, black bear and our, our, and our moose, uh, those are very crucial uh, segments of that American hunter. So that being the case, though, um, we're, we're on track to do some stuff that, that will we'll recognize the fact that they are valuable to the New Brunswick economy. So Excellent. Okay, yeah. well, Mike, let's wrap up with um, your hunting. Wrap up. Oh. We're just getting started. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's more to the show than the Mike Holland segment. That's why you got to come back. You can't can't burn it all up in one show. Yeah, I got four more years for sure. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. let's. Uh, we talk a lot of hunting. Let's hear about what you've been able to get done in these crazy times for your your personal hunting. Well, I actually did a fair amount of fill in the freezer this year, and and it just kind of it kind of just happened by by accident. Um, I, I don't, I don't apply for a moose tag in New Brunswick just simply because the moment I got drawn, yep, it would be a rigged racket, right? I get it, but, but I would, but, but anyway. But uh, COVID, COVID affected outfitters, not just in New Brunswick and there, and, and, and outfitters all throughout the region were yeah, struggling. So you would have, you would have, you would have gone somewhere and done some hunting as well, but. Uh, well, I did go. I went okay. to Newfoundland, and there was an outfitter that that I, I I've been kind of trying to save a few pennies, and I got a a, a COVID deal, and I went to uh, just outside of Cornerbrook, and and I harvested a nice uh, a nice cow moose. Um, nice. Yeah, I did. I, I got a chance to bring Allison with me, my my girlfriend. She's a wildlife photographer. So oh wow! So you oh, both was, shot. Yep. Yep, I told her she better shoot first, or else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was an amazing. It was amazing. We went there, and the countryside was like it's rocky, it's cliffy, it's it's spot and stock. It was it was exactly what I was looking for, and we showed up at the tail end of that hurricane. So four days okay. into the hunt, I had seen two moose. One in the ditch the first morning at dark. Four days later, I saw this this girl, and so. Uh, I wasn't taking a chance. She went, no, no, we no, were no. I mean, we were dealing with 80, 80 kilometer an hour winds, man. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. It, it was nuts, but it was a, it was an amazing hunt. Um, I got to see so much and, and the Ridge that I shot the moose on the, uh, the outfitter, uh, renamed it minister's Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, that was cool. Nice. That was, that was a great experience. And then I came home and I don't have a lot of time. Um, so, but I do apply for a doe tag and I got a doe tag in zone 23 and there's a farm that, but I have a good friend. And so he, he, uh, serves as a outfitter to the minister. So mm -hmm. I, I, I've been hunting there for 10 years and I was very fortunate, uh, that I got the largest doe I've ever harvested in my life. She was 140 pounds field dressed. So wow. yep. that's a yep. big doe. Well, I mean, she came in and it was like, you can see that the fat was, it was just, just a beautiful deer. And, and I just, I, I could have harvested either, but I just took my head off of the, or my eyes off of the head. Mm -hmm. I didn't care what the head looked like. Well, it's better it meat. Beautiful it's, deer. It's, beautiful it's, it's deer. Better. Yeah. And it's going to be good meat for sure. Your yep. cow and your doe are going to just be amazing food incredible and then uh i got some farms that we getting a little older so wading around the swamps for waterfowl is good i do it but i hunted the fields for geese this year too okay. and it's amazing the yield of meat on a canada goose like pound for pound holy cow yeah but what do you so how do you what do you do with yours you sausage what do you do i am making pastrami with two okay of them. all right cool 
I'm getting creative with it. You got to do uh, something. I mean, you can't yeah. just eat it. Like it's no turkey. That's for sure. It's just, no. it no, got to get I, creative. Yeah. And, and I, I, I grind it. I process, I process, I process my own moose. Uh, I process the deer. I process the, the geese. And then uh, we had a, a good couple of run uh, actually hunting geese and had a great run of mallards as well. So we got those and then a uh, couple of little walks with the shotgun and picked up half a dozen grouse. So nice. that, that's been the year so far. And I tell you, that's kind of been by uh, accident opportunities that just came up and uh, I got, I got hundreds of pounds of meat in the freezer, which leads me to the fact that I need to change the meat permit system in New Brunswick because I have much, which is my daughter, myself and my grandson that live at my house. He's not eating meat yet because he's four days old and the six month meat permit, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to have an illegal freezer. Well, not, and, and I mean, yeah. And, and try giving some of it away. Well, then they need to have a permit in their house. Like I can't have moose meat in my fridge with a piece of paper. No, no, no. So that's an, that's another one to see the list goes on, but yeah, uh, cause no. we share our harvest, Yeah, you know, we do. And so it's basically, yeah, you I get per, it. You need a God. permit, like just catch me up. Cause I'm not from New Brunswick. Okay. So basically Adriel, if I didn't have a license, why do I have moose meat? I yeah. could have poached it. So in order for me to have moose meat, that there's a pay, there's a permitting system. So like when we go to register our big game animal, they give us the paperwork right there and they will give you a couple extra copies. If you plan on giving some, some of the meat away, if you didn't buy a license, if you don't have a license, you shouldn't have moose in your fridge. You have to figure out my mind. Not a again, thing it's, an anti, it's an anti, it's an anti, it's an anti poaching thing. Why do you have moose meat if you didn't and, get a license? And, and it is, and it is legitimate, and I understand where it's going, but the, yeah. the permit only lasts for six months. So put a deer, a moose, and heaven help you if you got a bear. How yeah, are you get this, the six-month thing has got to go first and foremost, and then yeah. more paperwork for people. Like, I mean, a moose is a lot of food, man, and um, it's uh, it gets spread around. Yeah. People give their moose meat away, and those yeah. people don't have permits, and they could technically get in trouble. That's right. So not technically, I mean, bring common sense to it. So, yeah, it's, it's, I get why it went in, but it's outdated. Like a lot of earth things. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, listen, Mike, this was fantastic. I can't thank you enough for coming on to hang out with us and, and, you know, sharing your successes and your future goals. And, um, hopefully before too long, especially this, uh, new thing there, you didn't want to touch on too much. I'd like to have you back when you can share more about that. get a hold of me uh, if i'm doing my job right i'll always have more to report so excellent awesome. right yep. on all, all right. right thanks mike Take have care. a good night cheers see you around Later. See ya. thanks again to mike holland for another great interview we're going to get you back on again sometime soon because we want to talk about the things that you couldn't talk about the things that are coming up so yeah let's do that all right so uh, let's get into listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, bark rising, and coat finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, and optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Tell him we sent you. Hey, Denny. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can also follow him on the Facebook and as well as on Instagram as well. 
anyways, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's get into some of the Facebook feedback. And uh, I think, Adriel, you just popped this in here. And we also actually... Feminine, yeah. yeah, so we've also gotten um, the same question about 1022s. We've got it in, in the email later today as well. So oh, just, okay. just let you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Is, it, is it this same guy? Is it the same thing on ORPS? Mm. Nope. One of, our, one of the Facebook listeners was, was asking um, what kind of 1022 they should get for ORPS. Yep. Um, so they were thinking, like, should I get one of the bone stock gray ones, or should I get one of the upper end ones, or should I get a four, five, seven? Um, I think for ORPS and CRPS, the ten twenty twos have been doing really, really well. Yep. Um, just the fact they're they're semi automatic. They got a flat bottom, so you can put them on a, a barrier or something like that, and uh, and you're not going to have the magnet. If he's if he's going to do that, and he's talking about the gray ones, so he's talking about gray birch solutions. So if you're going to get one of those, get make sure you get the LDR one, which is a long distance ready one, uh, and make sure it has the 20 MOA. So yes. Might as well you, get something with a rail built in. Yeah. So get, yeah. get that as opposed to the one that is actually um, the classic Shrike. And that one doesn't have the 20 MOA rail. That's it. You so. know, um, I don't know if we, if we talked, we, we did talk about it last week. Um, that bolt that, uh, that gray birch has, it's mm -hmm. super similar to the Volkortz and Firefly yeah. bolt. But that bolt is a lot more expensive, right? So it's yeah, very similar. They, their their pricing has been pretty aggressive on all their stuff. So one ninety nine is the price on the new bolt, and it has yeah. the it has a little bit bigger uh, charging handle, and it's also attached to the bolt as opposed to. And it's got a guide on the yeah, side yeah. as well. Yeah, so, there's a couple of fancy things going I still on in there. Get, I still need to actually. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out and touch someone about that one anyways so so if you're looking for a 1022 we would suggest you do that piece because you're going to get also the uh, 20 moa yeah now that puts you in open uh so if you wanted to do like just the production one you could i mm -hmm. think there's a gray synthetic one that you can get that was the one that was cheap on uh, on 1022 day because like Wolverine and a bunch of those guys, uh, okay. they had the they had the cheap gray synthetic regular like bone stock Ruger 1022. I mean that one's fine too. I mean most most of ORPS and CRPS is not equipment; it's you. Uh, so uh, you could just go production and just run production for a while, get a nice scope, sp like uh, uh, spend less on the on the 1022, more on the scope, uh, which would make sense for ORPS. Mm. You disagree? You can you can argue with me. This is a mm. show where we can argue. It's a thing we can do. Yeah, but RPS, you're only going out to like to a hundred. To a hundred, like yeah, right. So a nice, I would get a nice scope because mm. then if like let's say you don't want to use that that 1022 and you're like, you know what, it's been great. I've learned a lot. Now I want to get a Gucci 1022. You take your great scope and you take it off that crappy one and you put it on your good 1022 and you sell that one for twenty bucks less than you paid for it. Yeah. Because like there's there's no depreciation there's, on that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 1022s don't have a lot of depreciation, but why start out like is cry and buy, right? Start out with right. something cry and buy, buy cry one buy once, cry once. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. right. Did I say cry, cry and buy? Cry and yeah, buy. Yeah, you you messed it up somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like well, you check you see your like credit card statement the next day, you might cry a little bit. Yeah, okay. So when you start when we start talking about everything that we talked about last week, right? When we were talking about Pimping out your your 1022 and it's like mm -hmm. a two three thousand dollar rifle. Yeah, we start to cry about that piece, but 
But if he actually goes on and buys what we suggest, and right now they have a really, really, really good deal on it. And then, by the way, the CCFR, they have a CCFR edition. So it's $1,100, wasn't it? $1,199. You go and do that. And then the, like $90 goes to the CCFR and you get everything that you need. It's kitted out, ready for you to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mike was mentioning that the, the rifle limit on production is $500 for the rifle and $700 for the optics. Okay. So yeah, you can buy a pretty good rifle pretty or good optic scope. optic yeah, for nice seven hundred. Yeah. Okay. That gets so, you into like one of those Athlons or, or something like that. Yeah. Well, by the way, so I, I also watched uh, another podcast recently where the Athlon guys were on and then also Adriel was there. So we were chatting. Hey, Adriel. Hey. Mm-hmm. We, met, we met on another podcast. It felt like I was cheating. <laughs> 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 I was cheating on Slime Bar. Anyways. But <laughs> all right, uh, let's talk about people who were mentioning that you can renew your pal online. Right? Oh, yeah, I'm of so, course I, you I can. I actually did that. I can't believe I <laughs> brain farted like that. My last pal, I even took a selfie for Christ's sakes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that's why we have yeah. we have a corrections uh, uh, squad to uh, fact check check us. Yeah, that would be yeah. our listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, you can renew your pal and your our pal online. By the way, I just got a reminder about it, and I have to do that too. God, I have so much. I have to pay for my new range membership. I have to pay for ammo. Pal, our pal. I wish I was independently wealthy or had a sugar daddy. Taking applications, please send it to Slamfire Radio. <laughs> no, do not send it to Slamfire Radio. <laughs> Gmail.com. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Trevor, don't don't be so hasty. What like Fair I enough. Wanna, I want to see his application. 2020. First. Yes, yeah. you're right. All right. Okay. That's it for what we're talking about. That's it for Facebooks, right? Yeah. Let's get into the emails. Why don't you take this one from Edmund Edmund there, Adriel? Hi, guys and gal. Uh, just got caught up with your podcast. Congrats to Kelly on bagging some ducks. When I initially saw her costume, uh, Halloween costume, I thought of Matthew McClatchy. I like Adriel's idea of reading what the fans bought to support the show. I bought the Federal Black Cloud. It's still on sale for 20 bucks a box, minus a $5 mail-in rebate if you buy at least 10 boxes. Oh, cool. And they have free shipping on orders over $149. A good deal on ammo and support for the show. Win-win. Keep up the podcasts. I look forward to the next one. Edmund. Thanks, Edmund. He's been writing in quite a bit recently, so it's nice nice to hear from him. Thanks, Edmund. All right. Adri- or sorry, not Adriel. Trevor, do you want to take this one from Justin? You haven't been here for a while. So. I can uh, get this to work here. I'm having mouse issues. From Justin. Hello, Slamfire Radio. I enjoy listening to the show. Very entertaining, to say the least. Question for Adriel. Heard on the last episode, 380. Did you guys like do a whole 380 caliber theme? No, probably no. not. No. Don't I have a 380. Don't want one. <laughs> That's why you need to be on the show. Fair right? nine, I got I was, a nine millimeter. I was, I was thinking about it, but anyways. All right. So episode right. 380, that someone got injured at a USPSA match with a CZ shadow. Someone got injured. A range officer got shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, was that for injured? On the load and make ready, he missed his holster, dropped his gun. The gun uh, went off and shot mm-hmm. the range officer. You mentioned that maybe having a fire and pin block would have helped avoid possible injury of people participating. 
wouldn't having a firing pin block affect the trigger pull? It sure does. Mm -hmm. That's why they take it out. Such a degree that it would make it heavy and take away from an otherwise great trigger pull of the CZ Shadow or Shadow 2 type handguns. Yes. So there's a CZ-75, the original one, has no firing pin block. Then they come out with the Omega 75 and 75B. It has one. The trigger is horrific. The Tanfoglios have them. People take them out. The Shadow 2 doesn't have them. Same question for Trevor, only referring to the 1911 platform, i.e. Series 80 firing pin block. Uh, and question for, so yeah, so that question, um, for the, the series 80 trigger, same thing, nowhere near as nice as a series 70. So the difference between, so when you have a 1911, it's either a series 70, no firing pin fuckery or a series 80 where they put in a firing pin safety. And of course, all firing pin safeties make the trigger bad. The Glocks have a firing pin safety in them and there's a, an, a step on the trigger bar. So when you press the trigger, that step pushes on the firing pin safety and will allow the striker to go, striker safety. Anyway, it allows the striker to go forward. That's why you see all those crazy videos, people throwing Glocks off of cliffs or pull out of air, out of helicopters or dragging them behind trucks and they never go bang. And it's because uh, the striker just simply cannot go forward and hit the, hit the primer. There's a, there's a CZ handgun that, that has a, a block in it. Oh, what's it called? I, I just said Is it. Is it the, the 75? Omega. No, the, there's the Omega, but there's, there's no, a more popular one that's plasticky and, and cheap. Oh, okay. the PO9 and the PO7? No, those are, well, the, P, the PO9 is, no, no older one. Hmm. Plastic. Yeah, it's cheap, and I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's like the, it's not shadow, but it's got like another dark, kind of a theme to it. I'll find it. Okay. I'll, I'll All right. Where it is. Okay. Well, the, the 75 platform does have the option, but the competition guns do not. All right. Uh, question for Trevor. Given your familiarity with the Ipsic community in the Eastern provinces and the recent news of a certain gun shop in Nova Scotia area, i.e. Freedom Ventures, getting into a bit of a pickle with the RCMP and CBSA regarding importation of undervalued firearms and high-capacity magazines found in the owner's home. Do you, huh, well, okay. Do you well, think that this shop will survive going through court? Do you think that the owner, Sean Hansen, is on the up and up or something seems a little fishy? All right, I'm going to start taking these apart one at a time. Um, so the shipment of magazines and other stuff was intercepted by CBSA and inspected like always, right? Mm-hmm. Then they allowed it to go through and it went to his home and then they came and served a search warrant at his home to look for the magazines that they knew were going to be there because they released them to him. This was a sting. They they like set them up. There was no need for any of this. They could have stopped right there and went, hey, Hanson, the company screwed up and sent you full cat mags. We're sending them back. No, they didn't do that. This is a guy who's been importing through yeah. the same airport for like over a decade. I don't even know how old Freedom Ventures is. So, yeah, he's 100% on the up and up. They, the, the company screwed up and sent him unpinned magazines. Now, that being said, he is an importer, distributor, gunsmith, and theatrical armor. His license covers him 
for for full capacity magazines. So they intercepted the order, opened it up, full cap mags, gave it to him anyway. Showed up with a warrant. You have high cap mags here. Yeah, no shit. You already you know I have high cap mags. You 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 release them. them. You yeah. release them to me. And by the way, I have a I have a I have a license that allows me to have them. Were these supposed to come in the country? No. And I just found out they're high cap. Same time you well, actually you knew they were high cap before me, and you gave them to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that I have them, I haven't had a chance to deal with it yet. But I know how to deal with it because I have a gunsmith license, which means I'm allowed to have high cap mags. And I've got a riveter. <laughs> and I got a riveter, yeah. Yeah. And the man's so, a theatrical armor. So if right. if if uh uh 20th Century Fox comes into town and wants to film a a movie and they need AK forty sevens, guess who they're gonna they, call? They, they like, him. Right? All right. So, so, so I was gonna say, like the pieces that the CBSA said the 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 company was supposed to actually do it prior to the importation, but they didn't. They fucked up, right? So, and that's where Sean is now in shit. But he's, he's not re- in shit. I mean, with the, the, the reality, right? He hasn't been charged, right? Right. There hasn't even they, been any charges. So, right. But they, sh- but they put out this defamation. I think that he should sh- sue for defamation. And it was just, that's just. Well, the fact that the, all those details got put out released for. Uh, and and the uh, the whole world stick. to see, yeah. and he hasn't been charged, and that he's illegally allowed to have these if they were right. banned. Right? They would never include anything that <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, the CBSA. Let's say, for example, the CBSA finds out that the importer did, or the exporter, the company who sent these mags, admitted that they did it by mistake. Like, mm-hmm. if they found that out mm-hmm. and didn't print that. Um, they didn't bother to print that he didn't have um, or that he has license alarmers license right and none of yeah. these things fit the narrative the story is just a is a nothing burger and it's a witch hunt didn't yeah. they actually post his address too I think if not the address at least a description of the house but there are several houses in the neighborhood that look the same so yeah and that's like no bueno oh no it's greasy that. and 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 remember like Nova Scotia probably feels like they need a win after what happened. Yeah, exactly. Right, but this is not how you get a win. Okay, no. you don't a, go it's after. Been a so extraordinarily poor, poor week, poor year for the RCMP this year. I mean, they just, right. they just. Well, I don't know if you guys have been following, but they're the guy they appointed to their uh, spy program uh, has been uh, spying <laughs> on Canada. It's just oh, yeah, wonderful. It's not been great. Okay. Um, that. Uh, on, on. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Well, I, I want to finish the questions here. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you think the shop will survive in court? I don't think he'll see court because, again, no. he hasn't even been charged. And he won't get charged because when they present this to the Crown, Crown's going to say no legs. Yeah, he has license to own this stuff. Like, calm mm-hmm. your tits. Um, do you think that the owner, Sean Hansen, is on the up and up? Yes, I do. Yes. RCMP and CBSA on a fishing trip? 100%. Um, I wonder about this due to making purchases from the shop and things appear to be very professional, clean and transaction of a few firearms and parts I've purchased from them. Should I continue to purchase there or wait until more information from the courts? Uh, you do you pal, but, uh, I would purchase there personally without, uh, any hesitation whatsoever. So question for anything to add on that before I go on? 
I bought question. from them. It's been fine. Straightforward. Question for Kelly. Given your extreme knowledge of marksmanship with maple seed and having built quite a few 1022s, what is your take on getting the Dela- a Delask receiver that has the built-in rail as a start of a build? The other option that I'm thinking that I'm seeking is if you have seen any Delask 1022s on the line for maple seed. If so, how do the Delask compare to the Bar- uh, Bergera? version of the 1022 with one uh while one could spend up to three thousand dollars on a 22 i'm thinking why not purchasing i'm thinking why not purchase a fairly decent 1022 something in the 700 to 900 dollar range like the delask with a few extra mods upgrades parts to have a competitive maple seed rifle your thoughts on this matter okay there's a lot there to unpack there kelly so go for it So, yeah, I've actually seen, so I've seen stock Ruger 1022s that have had some options added to it that are the last parts. And there's obviously, I I can give you a list or you can actually go to the list that Adriel, uh, we discussed last week on last week's show, but also Adriel has on his hunting gear guy page to go and do that. Um, But I've also seen to last... 1022s on the line several of them and uh, particularly before all the you know more more gucci boutique uh 1022s have been coming out or the versions upgrades to the uh, 1022s a lot of the stuff was the last and they shoot fantastic you can get uh all kinds of different things like as we discussed last week the barrels are good the barrels are actually quite decent and they're a really good price then also some of the internals as well they also have other parts like for example kit they still have some of the kids stock in in stock too Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah if you actually want to get a stock ruger and then start changing out some of the the pieces you'll be it'll be fantastic for you and the upgrades will be really really decent you don't need to spend three thousand people who do that are just crazy i know that because i'm that person Um, but you can actually uh, just do a couple of quick modifications, whether it's with the trigger, uh, you know, throw in some Volkerts and parts that you buy off there, and then also an extended rail that they have, and you can actually and just put on the, the last uh, carbon wrap uh, fiber barrel, and then you're good to go. Like or one of their steel ones, they got steel ones yeah. too. I mean, so, like it doesn't like to be competitive in maple seed. It doesn't take a lot yeah, and, and for no. the rifle for the person. It's it it does, but. Yeah. For the rifle, like as long as it's reliable um, and ergonomic, good to go. If it works for you, yeah, 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 it's more about the person as opposed to the rifle. Because look at Adriel; like he was able to actually he shot a maple with seed a bolt with a bolt-action Chinese, Chinese rifle. Right. Yeah. So the so the Bagheras, Bagheras, he was asking about the Bagheras as well. Bagheras are actually really, really nice rifles, and you're going to actually get those for around the nine thousand nine hundred mark. And they have some of the upgrades. So whether it's with the um, barrel, it's also with the bolt. stock on them is it's, so it's, nice. So, on the, yeah. I really like the Bagheras tw- uh, twenty two stock. Right. There has been some issues that we've seen recently with um, ten twenty two mags, the factory mags being used in the Bagheera and there's some issues with feed and also um, release of those. Uh, but other than that, Bagheera is really super reliable, super accurate as well. And as I said, 
you know, it's $900 and you already get some of those upgrades that you were already talking about. So yeah. it's like tomato, tomato, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Can, can I share something real quick? Yeah. Uh, this is the thing I was thinking of. Sorry, uh, 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 Kurt, one of our listeners just pointed it out. Oh, the, the Phantom. Phantom, yeah. So it's an SPO one oh. Phantom. This one has a decocker and a firing pin blocker slide doohickey thing bobber disconnector. So unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But the trigger pull isn't as good as the shadow, so they no, stopped no way. selling them. <laughs> they weren't as they didn't sell as much. It didn't, yeah. Anyways. I mean, this is a freak accident. It doesn't doesn't happen very often, ever. No. Once. So we oh, can yeah. assume that the gun was hammered down. Yeah. If a production gun typically shot in production, typically shot in double action as per production division rules. So chances are the trigger wasn't pressed because you'd have you got that long double action trigger press at five mm-hmm. pounds. What's gonna cause that to you know what I mean on the way to the ground? Well the hammer. Just like yeah. if it drops right be, on the hammer. Yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. It was like a freak accident, basically. Yep. Everything that w- And it can be avoided by looking at your holster when you holster. Don't look at your holster when you draw, but look at your holster when you holster. There's no race. The 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 if you're in a tactical situation, if you carry for a living, if it's time to holster up, the fight is over. So you you don't have to be in a race to holster. Mm-hmm. If you're loading and make ready, if you're on the load and make ready, that's your time. You're off air time. You, you take your time. Like we tell tell people in black badge all time, like look at your holster when you holster, so you can be sure the gun is going in it. That's the lesson here to to take away from this is when you're holstering your gun, take your time and make sure it goes in there. It's not it's not a competition to yeah. see how fast you can get the gun in the holster. It's how fast you can get it out of the holster. So look at it. So you know it's actually in there. Not blaming the guy, but just it's a reminder to everybody. Look at your holster. Did uh, how did the uh, range officer make out? Did he die? Did he just get I don't injured? Know. We don't know. Died. Uh, he, he died. Oh, did yeah. he? Damn. Balls. That's well. Yeah. Charges. I wonder if there's going to be charges. No, it's an accident. It's, it's an, an accident. accident. I know, yeah. but still. Yeah, but still, why? But it's, still, it's it's just an accident. It's part of like I don't know. You you, you sign waivers when you go shoot at sick and go to these matches and and do these that's kind true. of things, and that's to cover any kind of those accidents. Waivers. And those waivers, yeah. you might as well wipe your ass with them. They're never going to stand up. You can't. No, no one can get you to sign away your rights. No, but like if you go on a range for a shooting <laughs> match, you are taking some responsibility for risk. like risk, right? Right. However, yes. if there's negligence, there's a difference. Yeah, sure. This is yeah. negligence. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyways, was do you want to quit for not looking at his holster when he when he when he holstered? Depends if he gets sued, sued or not. Somebody's going to make that. Oh, argument. it's in the U.S. He's going to get sued. Let's be real. Yeah, Maybe. this was a U.S. PSA, but that doesn't. So it was an American match. So right. Yeah. Okay. Charge is want- probably not lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, like the the last one has been so it's been so long since the last death uh, like this that they had to quote the Canadian one that happened two years ago or whatever. Because yeah, it happens that was, so often, it doesn't. The, the guy again, who dropped the gun was the guy who ended up getting shot this time. Right. 
a shooter dropped the gun and the arrow got shot. Like that's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. You don't hear about it very often. Thank goodness. Right. So let's yeah. close out this email and move on to the next one. Okay. Okay. Trevor, you were reading this email. Do you want to continue? Or I can do it. I Thank you guys not. for taking the time to read the email and putting on a great show. I look forward to listening every week and please keep up the great work and funny work. Cheers. Justin from Vancouver. Sorry, I got tired of waiting. I'm hungry. It was your email, Kelly. You started it. <laughs> no, you did. You no, read I didn't. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were answering it. I read it. It was you. Okay. <laughs> so well, You know I, what? You're doing such a great job. Keep going. You know what? I'm the show host. Be quiet. So I'm going to read the next one. And act like it. Run the show. <laughs> Steady your mouth. Get something done. <laughs> hey, Adriel. Uh-huh. I kind of like just doing the show with you. <laughs> no, I don't. I've missed you, Trevor. I think I think the listeners have missed you on the show, too. All right. So, dear Slamfire Radio, first, I must tell you how generally satisfied I am about the quality of your show's audio. For a show that isn't hosted by a bunch of self-proclaimed industry experts in security and technology, you guys rock. Taking the time to provide us with quality content that doesn't blow out my speakers Speakers Out is excellent. Uh, Taking pride in the free work you do for us is a huge thing in my books and actually using the monies received via your Patreon account and Amazon link to improve the show is a vast step above those shows who choose to purchase diapers with theirs. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Okay. I don't actually partake in the Patreon thing, but the cash I give to Frosty once a year seems to be doing something worthwhile. By the way, this is from Mr. Uzi, so thank you. Anyways, enough rambling. Can't wait to hear all about Trevor's radio-controlled snowmobile racing races as winter sets in, Kelly's adventures in winter seed land, and Adriel's shopping deals and testing results. Take care, guys. Mr. Uzi. Aw, thanks, Tom. Thanks. I That's awesome. Tom. I miss him too. So I'm glad he's still listening though. Hi, Tom. I get text from him in a while. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. If you'd like to send an email to the show, uh, you can send them to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Don't forget, I'm looking for a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you wish for, Kelly. Next thing you know, people are going to be slipping their telephone numbers into your pockets. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I still that haven't forgiven happened, you for kids. that. Anyways. That happened. Somebody okay. put their telephone number on a piece of paper and slipped it into Kelly's coat. You and Gallon, you guys are bad together. So right. if you ever borrow Kelly's coat at a maple seed and Do you know, know who that. you are. <laughs> I'm not. I'm never lending it out again. All right. So Patreon. Patreon supporters, we do not have anybody that's new as Is a Patreon Is it bad supporter. that I started to write that number on men's room walls with the message for a good time call? Because I did get a picture if of that. If you're a note. sugar daddy, call. I have no, no, no the message Kelly's number. It's, it's, a person. it's a 506 number, so I don't know whose number it is. Did you make it up? No, it, it was that guy's number. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Gallon asked him for it. Oh, you're kidding me. Nope. You guys are horrible people. Horrible, horrible people. <laughs> Absolutely. You will burn in hell for that. And no, I didn't call it. So therefore, I Okay. <laughs> Can we move on with the show, please? My chicken I don't know, can we? What's dead over end? there. All right. So Patreon supporters, thank you, actually, anybody who is a Patreon supporter. And if you actually 
aren't able to do that but want to give us money, go and see Adriel. Uh, go on to patreon.com slamfire radio. Uh, also, you can also help out the show by going on to our website. Go to the Cabela's link. Click on that. And if you are going to Cabela's and you're going to go shopping, do it anyways. Do it on our website and we'll get a little bit of money from that. We also have on there, it's brand new. It's the Amazon link too. Click on that. It's it some- kicked us off. Seriously? No <laughs> way. Yeah, Amazon kicked us off. What the Why? hell is that about? Don't know. Hmm. I'm what? no longer shopping. I got, I got lots of other stuff. Totally Amazon lied about that. doesn't want our little podcast business. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Well, I was going to go do some shopping, but I know it's going to We got zucked on Amazon. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's move on to shout outs. Trevor, do you got any uh, shout outs there to anybody? Uh, I am getting hangry. Thank you, Kurt. I got chicken in the oven. What? Hmm? No. <laughs> no? Adriel? No. Okay. I do have a shout out. It's not really a shout out. It's just a Brian. Brian, I just want to say that we're thinking about you and your family. So just want to say hi to you and we're thinking about you. But also wanted to give a shout out to Jay Hines who called me tonight right before the show. And I miss you. That's it. So uh, that's it. Let's sign out. Go over to Gunners of Canada. You can check us out there. Give us a like on Facebook. Join the CCFR. Support the legal challenge over there. Go and give them a little bit of money because they're trying to protect us and our gun rights. And also reach out to your provincial legislatures, legislators, you know, like Mike Holland, uh, about the upcoming handgun ban. And we'll see you all next week. And I'm going to go have a chicken. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.